audio gyan with kedar nimkar a podcast that documents insightful conversations with indian designers artists musicians writers thinkers and creatives of all types catch us on itunes or visit audiogyan.com for more gyan sessions here's your host kedar nimkar today i have denzel smith with us on audio gyan Denzel is an Indian film and stage actor producer and is known for his stage and screen roles as character actor. He has a long standing association with both Motley Productions and Primetime Theatre. He has a huge body of work from working in Bollywood films to theatre from television to being a voice artist and more. And today we are here to discuss and discover his relatively less known side which is love for music especially jazz. He has been the host for jazz festivals, concerts at NCPA, Blue Frog, and many more. So, thank you, Denzel, for giving us your time, and it's a real, real honor to have you on audio. Again. Thank you, thank you, Gedar. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, although you have huge body of work, much of it is documented online. There are some YouTube videos. Yeah. I wanted to have a conversation with you uh, around jazz and uh, my personal curiosity also, and also there's jazz uh, play which is uh, coming up uh, at NCPA, which I'll. Uh, plug in the last but uh, yeah so that's the premise of our conversation and uh, to begin with uh, if you can uh, so this like i'm i'm like a hindustani classical listener i listen to a lot of uh, kumar gandharva bekam akhtar and right, uh, like yeah. that and uh, i don't know but uh, there's lot of similarities between jazz and hindustani classical to my understanding especially when it comes to say solo expression or improvising on the spot so uh, if you can just give us a flavor of what jazz is and uh, what all components constitute i i don't want to get into the technical aspect of it right, right, but right. for a layman what is jazz and uh, uh, yeah <laughs> yes yes there are great similarities and uh, common denominators between jazz and hindustani classical both uh, north indian classical and carnatic mm-hmm. music yeah so jazz basically is um, uh a type of music that originated in the early 20th century in african american communities you know and uh, with its base in ragtime and blues and uh, the basic characteristics of that music is improv hmm. which is common with hindustani music and recently uh uh in new jazz that is avant-garde and modern jazz it is characteristic uh, characteristic uh, characterized by a uh, lot of distortion and of pitch and timbre okay yeah okay that's the new modern you know avant-garde sort of stuff mm-hmm. which is coming out uh, does it i don't know uh, i may be using a long wrong terminology but where they play with high pitches and like very off beat kind of things that's what you're referring yes, to yes 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 okay. free form free form yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's not really structured but still in the in a in a larger picture if you look at it there is a sort of a a structure correct there is a but tempo there is no is... immediate visual i mean you know you won't see uh, it's not evident the structure mm-hmm. is not evident mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 okay and um um yeah how like what was the process uh, because i've been just reading up a bit about it and it ventured into as in it came to india in 1920s or so right and so if you can just give me that background also how did it uh... that's not very long actually huh. since its origins in america hmm. uh, in uh, say around 1900 when it started actually it, it was first called jazz j a s s oh and it? yeah it was named uh, the name came about from 
the fragrant uh, flowering plant jasmine wow okay. yeah okay. meaning this music is fragrant and flowery mm-hmm. you know and colorful mm-hmm. uh so jasmine it was originally called jss but then that word jss also began to be applied to some something related to baseball okay yeah okay. so then they changed the spelling to j a z z Mm-hmm. That's how and who the word jazz. Who were the change makers? Uh, were uh, they Indians or uh, no? No, that's I'm, I'm talking about Afro Americans oh. mm-hmm. in uh, the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Mainly, it started in the plantations in the South, mm-hmm. Afro American communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as I said earlier, its basis was ragtime and blues. Mm-hmm. Those spiritual Negro songs that they used to sing. Mm-hmm. You know, it came from there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Sorry, you were saying. Uh, uh, no, and also wanted to understand where, if you can draw, just draw some uh, picture about or paint us a picture about where um, do where do like blues or uh, is there a thin line between blues and jazz or there is there is there is uh, very connected. There's a lot of connection between blues and jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the origins of jazz came from blues. Okay, yeah. okay. So there is still that element there, very very much. Uh, ingrained in mm-hmm. in jazz so yeah. what triggered jazz is in what made so i i was interviewing dhanashree pandit uh, rai ah. and uh, like we were discussing origins of thumri right right how did it came about so mm. uh, someone in the court of wajid ali shah just said that uh, let's experiment with some other forms mm. and that's how it like probably started it's not very defined uh, there's no demarcated line as such mm. but uh, same way jazz was like a manifestation of what what triggered i think it was more of a protest uh, it came from protest and a protest expression okay uh, calling for revolution yeah mm-hmm. uh, because these were oppressed communities the afro american communities in the early 1900s mm-hmm. in america was there was a lot of color prejudice and, and there was a lot of even you might say slavery mm-hmm. and uh, these communities had uh, no form of expression other they were like really dabaud sort of thing okay. yeah and uh, this came from there because what would they do in their free time mm-hmm. they would sit and sort of uh, sing you know or while they were working in the field they would sing and this improv aspect let's not sing the same thing today let's little change here and there let's add something here and let's add something there and that's how the form came about wow yeah and to add to that was this whole this this feeling of uh, of being uh, you know oppressed. oppressed yeah so this was a great expression for them mm-hmm. so jazz is revolution basically mm-hmm. yeah interesting and uh, yeah what constitutes a jazz as in just again for a layman there's a cello there's a uh, sometimes there's a saxophone sometimes there's a trumpet uh, are there any patterns as to how this is performed or uh, is it just no there is no there is no strict pattern uh, it has now gone into various uh, streams and there are different labels there's bebop there's swing there's blues you know so it's gone into various uh, you can label labels as it were even mm-hmm. avant-garde now is a label mm-hmm. yeah there's indo jazz which mm-hmm. is a very very fine uh, and popular label now mm-hmm. uh which was one of the first really one you know what we call fusion fusion mm-hmm. uh, stuff 
thanks to Ravi Shankar actually. Yeah. <laughs> Ravi Shankar was the man who popularized Indian music abroad. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of credit goes to him. Okay. And then Ustad Allah Rakha and several others. Okay. So, uh, the elements that are there is, is a melody. Basically, it's a melody. And then there is improvisation of that melody, on that melody. Mm-hmm. Within the same scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it always has to... Uh, so, w- what contribution of vocals has uh, jazz? As in, like, I'm sure, like, it would have started with vocals and then it would have landed... Uh, instrumentation. In, yes, instrumentation. Yes, 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 yes. It so started with vocals. So, the cycle? vocal in jazz is almost like an instrument. Okay. It's, it's to the level of an instrument. Because you also improvise with vocal, what they call scatting. The same thing we have in Hindustani classical music. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Scatting and, you know, that improv that these people do on the rags, mm-hmm. the great Pandit Bhimsen, etc. Tana, Tana and those things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the voice is like an instrument, which also sings the melody and then improvises on that melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Scatting and, and, and this is the same. What mm. what uh, uh, what Indian musicians do? Mm. What Indian Laikari and Tanbazi yes, 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 and yes. those kind of yeah. things. Okay. Uh, so, what, according to you, uh, could be the reason why jazz was so quickly adapted by Indians? I mean, again, basic research which I did was, uh, I think it came about in 1920s in India, right? Yeah. So, how was the uh, what was the reason and how did India see adapt? what happened is that these oppressed. Uh, African-American artists and there was a lot of color prejudice and all that. They didn't get platforms abroad. They were very talented. So they looked for uh, stages abroad, for opportunities to work abroad. So many of these African-American musicians traveled across to Europe and some of them came to India to play in these big uh, hotels and entertain people. So, So one such group or many such groups landed up in Bombay and in Calcutta to play in five-star hotels. In this regard, I think the Taj Mahal Hotel in Bombay, the old Taj Mahal Hotel, uh, was quite responsible for for jazz because they had a lot of these jazz bands that came. Yeah, They gave an opportunity. They gave an oppo- opportunity, yeah. yes. So now what happened was that these jazz musicians, these Afro-American jazz musicians that came to India uh, also uh, interacted with the local musicians. Mm. They stayed here for long period of, periods of time, right? Mm. And there were also local musicians playing in some of the bars and etc., etc., who wanted to go and hear what this new expression was, this new form, and would go and meet them. So they mentored a lot of these mm. and influenced them. Most of these musicians at that time were Goans and Anglo-Indians hmm. uh, because of their background in English, in, in uh, Western music. Go, in Goa, it was almost compulsory in school to learn music. Hmm. So everybody knew notations and etc., etc. Hmm. And the Anglo-Indians also were leaning toward it. So these Goan and Anglo-Indians uh, uh, imbibe very much from these visiting uh, Afro-American musicians who mentored them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were there, were there any particular reason that these guys landed up in Goa as opposed to... Because there's a huge coast, right? So yeah. there, was there any yeah. affinity? Were there... No, they didn't land. They were in Bombay. The Goan oh. and Anglo-Indian musicians in Bombay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, Bombay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And in Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
in fact uh, louis banks's father Huh. the present uh, you know godfather of jazz in india correct uh, his father hmm. george banks was with teddy weatherford one of the early bands mm-hmm. used to play with him mm-hmm. okay well interesting and uh, yeah i mean this actually this question is mainly to understand uh, like was it because so as you mentioned like uh, Taj uh, gave a lot of opportunity to these kind of people, right? So, from nineteen twenties to about say sixties, when Ravi Shankar popularized it, there was this brief period of like about thirty, forty years, right? And um, like people like Leon Abbey or Chick Chocolate and others, uh, how did they influence? Because I was reading, they they travel all around India because then again it became like a casteist issue, and they wanted to. propagate certain different kinds of social messages through this music so they traveled around india so if you can share some insights about that see uh, um uh, um what shall i say i'm not getting exactly what the social message that you're talking uh-huh, about yeah, jazz yeah. jazz especially a, in the indian context is a great equalizer hmm. yeah so one thing it unified the it brought together these musicians these of different races mm. yeah it brought together these people at that time because it was played in five star hotels and other clubs etc etc it was deemed elitist correct in india mm-hmm. when jazz actually came from the bottom from the roots mm. yeah abroad uh, in india it it set itself up as elitist mm. yeah and slowly filtered down Mm-hmm. the musicians that interacted with these musicians were not elitist the audience were elitist mm-hmm. yeah so that is where to the musicians that ideology uh, you know etc etc was transmitted not to the audience now in terms of the audience what happened is that the audience was a mixed audience of upper class but of different communities in india where it unified different people yeah from maybe from maharashtra from goa from punjab from wherever where of a certain class and the goras mm-hmm. the ruling class that was here mm-hmm. that interaction was facilitated because yeah. the the common denominator was jazz mm-hmm. yeah where they would meet at these dances and enjoy these this music together mm-hmm. and there was a dialogue there Mm-hmm. that facilitated that dialogue mm-hmm. in that way i might say it helped mm-hmm. yeah on that level so it was a trickle down effect mm-hmm. yeah it was from top down rather than when in america it was from down up mm-hmm. yeah yeah interesting and then how did uh, ravi shankar just took it to the next level as in like just popularize <laughs> it yeah he, i know these are slightly see, historian the, the, type questions the, but the yeah. western uh musicians jazz musicians just as soon as they were exposed to hindustani classical music just sort of immediately connected with it mm. it resonated with the because it had the same elements na it had the same same elements it had that you know the 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 the, the it its unique melodic phrasing in hindustani classical music you know it had exciting rhythmic language different rhythms hmm. yeah and 
as you know, ragas yeah. are melodies based on scales. Mm. Yeah, and tals, the rhythm cycle. In jazz too, there is a melody, sometimes based on scale, on which it's improvised. Yeah, mm. and then there is the rhythm. They have drums and other percussion instruments. In India, it is restricted to rhythmgam and tabla, mm. two, two or three, uh, you know, rhythmic instru- uh, instruments. In the West too, there is the basic drum, but they also explored other instruments, congos and this and mm. that and you know all that. Yeah. Mm. So this uh, automatically connected because this it's a, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. The elements are are all there between the two kinds of music, which originated in two different continents. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And it doesn't have a. No, actually, that will get into a more technical aspect of it. That <laughs> whether blues or say jazz has any rag system. But yeah, I won't get into that right now. Uh, I want to understand uh, one more thing, which is. Uh, uh so in the era of 1930s and 50s it's often called as the golden age of jazz in india yeah um again this is slightly a historical question but did jazz play any part in freedom struggle because again it was a medium of expression right as i said earlier yes it did if you might say if you want to direct impact of the freedom struggle hmm. it is this interaction between the east and west which facilitated this between the ruling class and uh, the elite. No, but was, these people who were giving, given the opportunity to play in these elite places, mm. uh, were they respected or they again were just one of the artists uh, just playing something and just entertaining us? No, it was not the artists who facilitated. The music was responsible because it brought them together. Mm-hmm. The artists had no message really. Yeah, okay. the artists played the music. Mm-hmm. The music was what united these people. To listen to the music, these people came together. Yeah. And and there's no. And was there any contribution? Actually, no. Even classical music doesn't have a contribution in terms of the the lyrics itself, right? Mm-hmm. They're more they're more experimental in nature as opposed yeah, to yeah. other forms. So I'm assuming there won't be much contribution of the vocals, as in the lyrics, uh, to to. Uh, Communicate I, I, some... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And even if there was, if there was one or two songs, it was, uh, it would have been in English. Mm-hmm. So, which is with a, you know, correct, correct, yeah. small sort of audience for that language correct. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah, if you can just tell us a few, uh, like, all time, like, I don't know, top, but like really famous uh, jazz musicians and jazz artists in India who helped. Um, See, the earliest band, uh, I think Indian uh, jazz band, uh, was, uh, I think, uh, Ken Mack, Anglo-Indian. He was an Anglo-Indian. In 1922, (laughs) he had a band called the Bohemians. As far as I know, I think that is the earliest recorded not recorded, recorded means on, not mm-hmm. on gramophone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, one of the earliest bands. Mm-hmm. But then subsequently with this influence and mentoring, many people came about. There was Chick Chocolate, there was uh, Chris Leon. Perry. Leon Abbey was one of those, okay. one of those okay. Afro-Americans who came in mm-hmm. and played. Yeah. There was even uh, Zuman Mehta's father, uh, Meli Mehta. Okay. 
yeah who played with a band called uh, the symphonians mm-hmm. at that time so there were many of these people yeah and uh, how do you uh, as in are these available still uh, some are the... there there are some recordings there are a few recordings available mm-hmm. yeah uh but you but won't find few. them on like spotify and like basic no 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 uh, they're not these are common. like archival stuff archival stuff in fact yeah. i if you read uh, this book in which uh, some of the research that um, was done by uh, uh Nareesh Fernandez yeah. and uh, subsequently when uh, Ramu and me used that research and went ahead and collected some more we did a small contribution towards that book too uh it is uh, uh, a book called the taj mahal fox trot written by nareesh fernandez yes sir. it It's has a little yeah. cd mm-hmm. which has some of those recordings oh nice yeah in fact taj mahal fox trot you might say was one of the first ads mm-hmm. it was the name of an ad uh done by one of the bands that played and recorded mm-hmm. audio uh, jingle mm-hmm. yeah Mm. I have yeah, just ordered that book a few days back. <laughs> okay. Um Okay, and and more contemporary question which is like there's a Bombay Jazz Club, right? Uh which uh, performs at Kala Ghoda and there's lot more. It's a collective, I believe. So is uh, do you have any insights into that? What do they do exactly? As far as I know that was a Bombay Jazz Club used to exist earlier than the 50s and 40s. Hmm. uh i so don't know if there's a new version of it <laughs> is, is it like yeah. i'm sure this must be the same thing which is carrying forward the legacy no i have no idea okay. i have not heard of the bombay jazz club mm-hmm. yeah okay. but but there used to be um, jazz india which mm-hmm. promoted a lot of jazz in india mm-hmm. at that time and there were the famous jazz yatras mm-hmm. which used to be held at rang bhavan and uh, at that time i think we saw the best of the best of world jazz you know which was showcased there over 3 days mm-hmm. it happened every 2 years and it was a feast mm-hmm. it was a jazz feast some of the greatest musicians of the world in the world of jazz i have seen on that stage in rangbhavan mm-hmm. open air mm-hmm. yeah it's very like i think i should have born maybe like a <laughs> few years before uh okay and one last concluding question which i have is uh since you have been part of a few festivals and you uh, are tuned into the jazz circuit i'm assuming so uh what's the future like because as far as hindustani classical goes i am very optimistic it's just it's it's been there for thousands of years and it's never going to like uh fade away in the minds of anybody so same with jazz what because it's quite i think worldwide yes it will never fade away hmm. it is just going to evolve and evolve hmm. and new forms of it will come about yeah like the same thing happening with hindustani classical music also hmm. yeah uh in india yes it is growing there is an uh, i think a rapid rapidly growing uh, young audience for jazz hmm. yeah who are interested in it hmm. so there is scope there is hope mm-hmm. yeah and any yeah. particular uh, artist people can follow or see there is of course there is the godfather of indian jazz mr louis banks yeah. he's, he's one of the greatest you know mm-hmm. really uh, but yeah he's like yeah. almost like a yeah. celebrity type there must be local there is there is you can follow him mm-hmm. uh, uh, and his band the matrix they're they're excellent 
Then there is his son, who is turning out to be a fantastic musician, Gino Banks, Gino the drummer. Banks, yeah. yeah. There is a singer whom I like very much, and she's amazing. In the tradition of the great jazz singers, you know, like Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone, etc., etc., etc. Her name is Vasundra V. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like her enormously. And of course, there is Zakir Bhai, mm-hmm. Zakir Usanji, who, who you know, we all know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's done. A, he's a, this contribution to Indofusion is also is immense. Mm-hmm. Is immense. Then there's there's a great guitar player, uh, John. No, Indian. I'm talking oh, about Indian. Oh, oh. You, you asked me about Indian mm-hmm. uh, jazz musicians. Yeah, Sanjay Devecha. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, Sanjay Devicha is a very fine guitar player. He just got a new album out. I think it's available online. Mm-hmm. Then there is another musician from Amchi, Mumbai, Dhruv Ghanekar, okay. who has done a lot of stuff yeah, mm-hmm. in jazz and the world music scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there is another young girl. She's, she's a genius. She's also from Amchi, Mumbai. Uh, she's a bass player, Mohini De. Correct. I've heard her uh, playing with Zakir Khan. Yeah, uh, Zakir yeah, Hussain, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. She plays bass, right? Yeah. Bass guitar. Yeah, bass guitar. Yeah. She's quite something. Mm-hmm. Little firebrand. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw her, I think, when she was 11 years that time. Yeah. Maybe. And she was playing with, like, on the right hand side, Zakir Hussain, yeah. Taufik Qureshi, and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in fact, I think Gino Banks was also there at yeah, that time. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. She's just, now she's evolved into something else. Mm hmm. Then there is a one and only Ranjit Parot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's now doing, I think, a world tour with uh, John McLaughlin, etc., etc. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gary Husband and all these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there is uh, another girl who has done an ex- wonderful experiment uh, between Carnatic and and uh, jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a vocalist. Vari Jayashri Venugopal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vari Jayashri uh, Venugopal. She's, she's, I like her enormously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there is the boy in my play, who is, whose grandfather was also a legend in the Hindi film music and one of uh, the greatest arrangers and responsible for many of the songs of yesteryear in Hindi film music. I don't like to call it Bollywood. Hindi film music. Mm-hmm. Yeah who was uh, the main arranger for uh, Shankar Jaikishan, oh. Sebastian D'Souza, his grandson, mm-hmm. who is also with me in the play, which is written by Ramu Ramanathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah? His name is Rees Sebastian D'Souza. He's a, saxophon- a, sax- a saxophonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plays very good sax. He's also like really something to look out for. Mm-hmm. And there is a girl who I heard recently who does some excellent uh, Latino stuff and uh, other other forms of uh, uh, singing yeah Sanjita Bhattacharya mm-hmm. yeah I think she's Delhi based but I've heard her in Bombay mm-hmm. so these are I think some of the few people that um, are some are really to look out for mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure there's stuff there's stuff a lot of their stuff is available online mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Wow. yeah cool cool uh, I think this is uh, like a great start for me at least to bring some exposure to jazz and uh, the artists whom I should follow and then start uh, listening more about them. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, I think that on that note, uh, I would just tell uh, our listeners that there's a play happening on jazz 
I'll just... Yeah, on the 14th of August. Correct. 14th of August, uh, 8 p.m. at Experimental Theatre, NCPA. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's written by Ramon Avantan, performed by uh, Denzel Smith and Reese Sebastian D'Souza. Right, right. Uh, and it's directed... Uh, the music composer is Madeline D'Souza. And it's based on the research done by Naresh Fernandez. And uh, Ramu. And Ramu Nathan. Ramu Ramu Nathan. Yeah. And it's directed by Etienne Coutinho. Correct. Yeah. It's directed by Etienne So, Coutinho. Bombay Jazz, remember, 14th of August, yes. NCPA, 8 p.m. Yeah. Be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank okay, you, sir. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. It was real honor talking to you and really, like, a lot of food for thought uh, and start... Uh, I hope like a lot of people get sensitive to jazz and like start exploring their journey towards this amazing musical form. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Gita. Okay. Thank you. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.